0: This is episode 70 of the Kindred Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sue Allen. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Kindred Mom podcast as we dive into the Peaceful Home series from KindredMom.com. I hope you enjoy this intro conversation to what it looks like to pursue peace in our homes. We have most of the Kindred Mom team here to share with you and are excited about the episodes up ahead with some very special guests. Please enjoy the show today and connect with us more on our Facebook group online. We're kicking off a brand new year with an episode and a series about cultivating a peaceful home and all the ways that that can happen. We're going to be diving deep into this topic over the next three months, but today we're just going to do a general intro to the idea of what it looks like to cultivate a peaceful home. And so we have most of the team here. We have Mary Kate Brown, Lindsay Cornett, Robin Chapman, and Lynn Patty. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Hey, Emily. Hey, good to be here. It's such a fun bunch. I'm so glad that you're all here. And I feel like, um, you know, we're recording this before the start of the year when it's still kind of crazy December. (laughs) And uh, I feel like I'm coming to this episode with a lot of excitement for the coming series. And I'm also just worn out from all the things that have been going on this past week and today. And so I am longing myself (laughs) to have some vision and inspiration. about what a peaceful home looks like because mine doesn't right now (laughs) and uh just wondering if you guys could give your just initial thoughts about uh whether or not you feel like your home is peaceful um and if you are having some success in that area what do you think is to be credited for that That is a good question. My first instinct is to say
1: that it depends on the day. Um, (laughs) But overall, right now in my family, I mean, my kids right now are six. One just turned four and one is about to turn three. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of sibling fighting and arguments over people being in one another's space and fighting over toys and sharing and all of that. And so it doesn't feel particularly peaceful right now. It also you know, we moved over the summer and there still seems to be a lot of stuff that doesn't have a place. And so mm-hmm. I feel like our house is also a little messy in this season. Um, and, and if I'm honest, I think in my own heart, there's been a bit of like discontent and I don't always feel super peaceful. I don't have like a super steady routine. I don't always know what our plan is going to be for the day. Cause we're still adjusting to life in a new city. And, So I don't know that I feel particularly peaceful at this moment in time or this season, but it does sort of just depend on the day. Like there are days, like today was one of those days where I'm able to kind of wake up and think about what I'm grateful for and try to set my phone away and be more present with my kids. Um, So there are moments of that for sure, but it definitely mm-hmm. kind
2: of depends on the day. So true. I really relate to what you're saying, Lindsay, because, you know, uh I, I feel like we've been joking around lately how about you and I basically switched places here in yep. Western Michigan. Um, like we came and you guys left and so we're definitely in that same season as you with being in a new home. And on one side, I absolutely feel so much peace um living here in the sense that before moving into this home, we were living in a rental with my in-laws, which was fun and interesting and all the things at once. But, um, it was so nice to just be in our own place, just our family. And like our rental was also off a really busy street and I didn't feel like safe having my kids play outside all the time. And so being in a home more in the country with space, it feels like we can just exhale and breathe. And we've really, really just enjoyed um, being in this new place for our family. But on the other hand, I relate to what you're saying in that It takes a long time to move in and to unpack. And when you have boxes and you're like, where's that thing that I need? You know, you're like going through and Mm -hmm. shuffling through boxes and trying to find whatever because not everything has a place yet. And for me, just like knowing that there's clutter and stuff and things that don't have a home that can really contribute to a lot of stress. And so I think one of my hopes kind of moving forward into the next few coming months
3: is to like. Get the things put away. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I think there's like, there's levels. I can hear you guys talking about levels of peace, right? There's the peace that's affiliated with our stuff and our clutter and just the daily kind of like top layer of stuff. And then there's the deeper stuff because I feel like Mm -hmm. so much of the peace in my home um centers around me and my husband and where we're at because if we're not at peace nothing's at peace you know if if mm-hmm. i'm all jacked up because i'm anxious or upset about something then there then the clutter happens and the dishes are all over and there's crumbs on the floor and you know the, all the stuff and, and there, no one is settled and i mm-hmm. feel like that's just like, on the outset here, like that's just such an important thing. Like Lindsay, you were saying you just moved, and that that doesn't have to do with just the physical boxes. It has to do with a lot, you know, do you feel that? Yeah, for yeah. sure
4: i I feel like um I feel most peaceful when I'm present. and actually my my kids mirror that, both because they, mirror my emotions in general. And also because I'm more attentive to nipping problems in the bud. And I think as I've been listening to you guys, I think one of the things that allows me to be present is like having a manageable to-do list. Um, Today was not a peaceful day and my to-do list is out of control. Um, So I was trying to scramble Uh through all of my stuff while also keeping track of the children and... One of them is making not great choices. So there was like soap and water all over my bathroom floor. It was really fun. but um, but we're gonna we're gonna mitigate that. We're gonna make some changes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, manageable to-do list so that I can be present. And like having a manageable to-do list does not mean like, oh, I only have three things to do, so much as just like really prioritizing, I think. I don't know. I'll get back to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about there being different levels or different types of peace. Um, I think that for me, peace is a very high value to me personally. And I think that I have sought that out in relational Consonance, if there's maybe there's a not so huge word for that, but relationally being at peace between all the members of my family is what I'm usually most after. But I have found too that as our family has grown in this little house, that some of my peace is disrupted just by the stuff that's here, and that's one of the reasons why we are over the next three months going to be going through three different angles on uh, what a peaceful home might look like. So starting in January, we're going to be looking at living spaces and how to make our living spaces a place of peace. And I've just been thinking about how I long for my home to be a sanctuary, to be a refuge. And yet so much mm. of our lives happen here that it's it's not going to be a home and garden magazine kind of refuge. <laughs> it's going to be something that has to be very functional for our everyday lives. So I'd love for you guys to just share your initial thoughts about when you think about your living space, uh, what are the things that most contribute? to your piece? Well, we, our family has moved quite a lot of times since we started having
3: kids. Um, We're currently in our fourth home in 15 years. And what I've noticed about moving is that it takes a year. It really just takes a year because you can put things on the wall and you can put things on your shelves um, the week that you move in. Mm -hmm. But a year later, you're like, oh no, like this is what it's supposed to be. Or this is where the toy box is supposed to be. Or this needs to be a bookshelf, obviously, like duh. And I I just, I think that that has really helped me to relax a little bit more about settling into this home, which we are almost exactly at a year right now. I just think that's really important for my piece to realize that it is a process to have a peaceful home, Mm -hmm. that it changes from month to month, even week to week. um, And that as your kids grow, um, you know, and I guess this is just apart from moving, but as your kids are getting older, um, the spaces need to change and that it's it's like a massage. It's just always kind of like moving here and then doing this. And it's really it flows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lynn, I really like what you
2: said about letting it be a process and recognizing that the spaces need to change because like Emily was saying our houses can't look like magazine covers or anything because they have to function and they have to serve our family and so I think that's something I always want to ask myself is like is my home serving the needs of our family in this season and for me like I really hope that my piece doesn't come from like the environment around me, but I also recognize that it plays a huge factor into that. And so when I think about the ways our home serves us, like clutter, I know I just got done saying that, like that can be a big thing. And I've just always try to be conscious, like what we have out, what we have in our home, what my kids have access to, are these things that serve us? Are they serving my children? Are they serving us? And if they don't, and if we haven't used it in a long time, I'm really big on getting rid of stuff. And so, um, you know, I know sometimes people will be like, we're going to do a big spring cleaning and I. there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm always trying to think like throughout the year, all the time, what do we need to hang on to? Where does it belong? And
0: what things can we get rid of? Because they're just not contributing to What's really funny about that, Mary-Kate, is that I've had a couple friends describe this for me in different ways, but I am what they have described as a whole hog kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) So every job that needs to be done, like any clean out, like I would rather do every single person's clothes in the whole house and go through and sort out every wrong size, wrong season. I want to do that all at once and be done with it. And- I find oh that I can't actually accomplish that right now because just the scale of that job. But it's been really hard for me to parse out to smaller, like I'll just take just the baby's clothes and I'll do only the baby's clothes today, partly because I love the satisfaction of when the whole hog job is all the way done. Um, And the payoff of the smaller clean house is not nearly as much for me. So um, that's been an adjustment for me because I used to be able to accomplish, you know, go through three kids' clothes, go through four kids' clothes. But now seven is a little bit of a different story.
3: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that there's probably
1: a lot of wisdom in that. This is one of those topics where I think that understanding Mm -hmm. our personalities is really helpful because – When it comes to that surface level of peace, like we've all got different thresholds for chaos, right? Everybody can kind of tolerate a different level of noise or a different level of mess. And even on like the more spiritual levels, like we all have different ways of connecting with God, whether it's through scripture or music or nature or whatever. And I think it's good to just like pay attention to what works and what doesn't and, so that in some ways you can let go of should or feeling like you have to do things a certain way. Um, but also say you can make adjustments, you know, if something's not working, you can kind of figure out what does and what doesn't work.
3: I think for moms who are struggling maybe with, um, a personality that where it's harder to, to do those big jobs and just get it all done. I, I would, I would say like strike when the iron is hot, you know, like, I just I I just know that feeling of like getting to nap time and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this and I just do it. And sometimes it's only like 15 20 minutes and it's done. It's like just get it done when you can. That was dumb. Don't put that in. Edit. <laughs> I don't think that's that word.
2: I mean, sometimes you got to if the iron's hot at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday, I mean, you just got to do it, right? And then the next day you may be tired, but hey, at least like all those drawers are Marie Kondo, and (laughs) and you're like really thrilled about getting people dressed in the morning. I think
0: (laughs) for me, part of the shift from trying to take each job in a huge chunk and try to get it to total completion, which is just not going to happen these days. It's been a shift for me to think about doing things in smaller increments and also just um trying to connect different things together to make a habit so right now I'm kind of masterminding a new morning routine for myself that includes um Mm. just making sure I start one load of laundry and you know just a few things so that when I come back to it later in the day that I'm like oh I already did that how awesome (laughs) And mm-hmm. also in the evening, having just a list for myself to go through that's not just my you know, pajamas, wash my face, brush my teeth, but also pick up the bathroom and some of the areas that for me, I usually just let it go and leave it for a while because I'd rather not deal with it. But I'm trying to hitch up small tasks um, that are tidiness oriented, which is not my first skill by any stretch, um, just to put myself ahead uh, for what comes next. Yeah. I think
2: those little daily routines can make such a big difference. Like you're talking about getting up and starting a load of laundry in the morning. Like it's such a simple thing that only takes a couple of minutes, but in the long run, it prevents you from having to do like six loads at one time, which can be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, so our new house does not have a like real dishwasher. (laughs) So I've noticed very quickly that, like the dishes are the Mm -hmm. big thing. And it's like, if I can get the dishes done at night and wake up to a blank slate, clean kitchen in the morning, that sets the tone for the rest of the day. Otherwise I have dinner dishes sitting until lunchtime the following day. And that gets so stressful. And so I think those daily, small little routines and little habits that you can implement throughout the day, or like say, if I can get this task done by this point in the day, like I know it will set me up for success for the evening or for the following morning. And that just, that, for, for our family, at least, makes a huge difference.
1: A mantra that I like to repeat to myself sometimes, and I can't remember where I heard this, I wish I could, but is to do what you need to do to feel the way you want to feel. Mm. Because I can get stuck in this thought loop sometimes where it's like, well, should I do the dishes or should I go to bed and get an extra 30 minutes of sleep? Or should I take a minute to sweep the floor? Or should I just sit and watch a TV show? Like I get caught up in this overthinking about what's really going to make me feel good and what's going to make me feel rested. And I guess maybe this is more about Mm -hmm. rest than it is peace. Exactly. But just that phrase to do what you need to do to feel the way you want to feel is helpful for me in making those decisions. because. Because I know that like you're saying, Mary-Kate, I will feel much better when I wake up in the morning to a tidy kitchen or whatever it may be.
3: Yeah, it yeah. Lindsay, I think that is so good. It really just reminds me that you have to prioritize peace, right? And once you prioritize that as your thing, then you'll start to do all of the things that you need to do to get there, right? Because yeah. I think I've been in seasons where to do the things that I need to do to feel the way I need to feel, is really like not synchronized with going through clutter or doing dishes or whatever it is, you know, like, and so sometimes the priority is rest and sometimes the priority is peace and that looks, they can, they can look different. Yeah, I think that's true. The other
1: thing I'm thinking about as we're talking through all of this is that I think it's a two-way street between the really tangible and like physical elements of peace and then the more spiritual and emotional side of things. Because on the one hand, sometimes the practical things that we do are also spiritual, right? Like (laughs) those two things are not mutually exclusive. But I think that sometimes when our environment is at peace, like we are able to be more present. We are able to have more time to sit and pray or whatever it may be. But the opposite is also true. Like when we make time for the things that give our soul peace, whatever that may be, whether it's time reading the Bible or prayer, worship music, then I think we also feel more joyful, right? We feel Mm. more um, better equipped to tackle what's in front of us and to do the next right thing. And I think for me, those
3: two things really go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, 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 that resonates with me big time. I was just on the phone with Emily yesterday saying I'm so like not at peace, basically. Um, And sh- and I said, I've got all the deep stuff down. Like I can talk to my kids about deep things, emotionally things, emotional things and all that. But like somebody spills their milk. Uh, at dinner and then somebody else spills their water and then something else falls on the floor and i lose it and what she said to me was well the deep things are those things right the the spilling the milk and all that stuff like the meaning is in the mess it's in the mess that's where you find it and so what you were just saying Lindsay is so true <laughs> it's just so true like
0: it all adds up you know in the end Robin, I'd love to hear from you just on physical space and how that either adds to or
4: takes away from your piece. Um, I find that my my physical space um, translates a lot to my internal state. Um, I am Mm -hmm. just super sensitive, so like Mm -hmm. visual clutter just sort of raises my baseline stress level. So if things are super messy, there's just not that much higher I can go before I lose it. Um, and my husband's a little bit the same way. He's He's got, unfortunately, different stuff that bothers him. So like... When he comes home from a day's work and if there's something that was going on at work and he's a little bit stressed or whatever, if he walks into a calm space, it's a very different experience for him and then consequently for all of us than if he walks into it like all cluttered and kids everywhere and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I do try and help my physical space towards Mm -hmm. something resembling calm. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. It is such a challenge. And, you know, I'm just Mm -hmm. looking forward to having three months to camp on this topic and look at it from a lot of different angles because I think... Longing for a peaceful home, having a vision for a peaceful home um, encompasses so many things and has so many layers involved. And I also, before we wrap up this episode, would love a chance to talk about both the February and March angles that we'll be looking at as well, even though we'll get deeper into those in future episodes. But just um, to touch briefly on peaceful home as it relates to um, family relationships that are healthy and full of love. And laughter. And I know that (laughs) for uh, our house at least, um, I am not the laughter person. My husband is the one that brings the humor here, and he's also the one that helps me loosen up and try to enjoy myself. And I just. I've come to embrace the reality Mm -hmm. that I'm not necessarily going to be the fun mom. But I I do really try to be steady and try to help resolve conflicts between my kids, which (laughs) is an ever ongoing battle. (laughs) But um, I'd love to know if you guys have certain things as it relates to cultivating peace among your family members that live in your house with you. Um, What are some things that you do to help facilitate that?
4: I'm going to be really honest. I am super duper excited. I won't give it away right now, but I'm super excited mm. about some of the guests that we've got coming. Um, because a lot of the things that I have learned, the things that, that I do that work when I remember to do them are things that I've learned from some of these people. So I'm, I'm excited to hear from them and as much as anything, get a reminder yeah. to just do the things that I already know I should be doing.
0: Yeah. yeah. What, can you give us just one, uh, one idea
4: well, specifically? One of the things, one of the things that I am working hardest on, that I struggle with the most, is celebrating, um, like celebrating resolution when my kids are having issues, yeah. and they come together and they, you know set their hearts toward mm-hmm. each other again. Mm-hmm. They usually, I'll, you know, somebody will be like, I'm really sorry that I hurt you. And they're like, I forgive you. And that's then they go off and do their own things. But um, one of our upcoming guests um, talks about celebrating those things and like really cheering them on because that, like it's true in business and also at mm-hmm. home that what we celebrate, we repeat. So just to mark that in a really positive way. Because so often... The things get marked in negative ways. Like people fight, and I'm like, "You guys gotta knock it off! You're making me crazy!" Right? <laughs> Not that I, I mean, like hypothetically. Me. Um, and so things get marked in negative ways all the time. So I, it's just really important to me to figure out how to celebrate these things.
1: Yeah. For me, a lot of this relates to communication because I don't think that when I was growing up, our family always communicated very well, particularly Mm -hmm. when there was conflict or disagreement. And I don't feel like I had a lot of tools for that. Um, Even into marriage, like that was a struggle for us when we first got married was how do we communicate well when we don't see eye to eye on something? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've really had to learn over time. And it's a skill that I really want to equip my kids with. So I feel like we spend a lot of time and a lot of mental and emotional energy practicing good communication, like not just saying, don't say that, but modeling and practicing what can we say when we are angry or what can we say when someone mm-hmm. has taken our toy or whatever the case may be so that they have some good skills um, and Mm -hmm. and almost like scripts you know like I feel like we're practicing scripts a lot Mm -hmm. for navigating conflict Mm -hmm. we have like an apology script that we use where we say I'm sorry for whatever Mm -hmm. it was wrong because Mm -hmm. next time I will like this is kind of our our script that we use and So it's a lot of practice, um, a lot, a lot of practice, which
2: I need just as much as my children do. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. We do a lot of the same thing in our home as well. Lindsay, um, I would just say the other thing that I really try to help my children, um, articulate is their feelings because they have big feelings and they have legitimate feelings. And so in addition to like the, the script of how they should interact with their siblings or with, um, myself or my husband, we also really try to focus on like giving them words to describe what they're feeling and what they're experiencing and helping them communicate that with the other people around them. Um, especially with like little three-year-olds, like my youngest, it's really important. you know, I'll go up to her and be like, I can see that you're crying. You must feel sad or feel frustrated and give her those language tool so that she can learn like how to express yeah. what she's experiencing. yeah so. I noticed
3: with my three-year-old that a uh, sing-songy cause, cause three-year-olds whine a lot, you know, give me this or I want this. So we do a sing-songy <laughs> may I please, mm-hmm. may I please like, And whenever she doesn't start it like that, I just (laughs) sing it to her. And it helps so much. And I like that, Lynn, because that
1: adds some fun and some levity to it, too. Like Emily was saying before, we're not all just being grumpy with each other all the time. But it's, you know, it's a happy (laughs) moment. We're singing together. Sometimes through gritted teeth, I'm sure. But still.
0: (laughs) so awesome well so good and we're gonna be getting a lot deeper into these topics we have um we already know the essays that we will be sharing this new next season because we've switched to a quarterly submission system um and so i'm just really really thrilled about those and also um for March, we're going to be talking about margin, soul care, kind of the things that help us cultivate peace within ourselves and um, maybe more in that internal space than necessarily in our homes or um, directly in relationship with someone else. And I don't know if you guys have any particular habits or practices or things that you do that help you just kind of return to a place of peace if you've just been through a chaotic afternoon or a really difficult you know interaction with your kids is there a like this is what I will immediately go to if I'm trying to recover from that? the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Where there's a lock on the door?
4: <laughs> I don't, I don't have, oftentimes when things are really difficult, it's hard to get away. I don't know, just because of that stage, my kids are in like, yeah, if things are, if things are chaos, yeah. like I need to be there to supervise. It's not, it's not going to get better. Um, but when I can, a, a couple of minutes in my room with either um, a book or just sitting in silence uh, silence. and trying real hard to just clear my head, um, goes, goes a long way. I
2: was just going to say, I think for our family, a big one is just getting us all outside in the fresh air and sunshine. And I think, um, Mm -hmm. I share this with a lot of my mom friends and I feel like they probably get sick of hearing it, but it's just such a simple thing that I think makes a difference for all of us. Just, if we can get out even for like a half an hour, you know, that just makes such a difference. Just you know, there's all this, I'm not even going to go into all science with the sunshine and how good it is for you and all these things, but it's real. It's like a real deal. So we definitely Mm -hmm. try to get outside as much as we can.
1: Gratitude is a big one for me. And I, again, like like Mary-Kate saying, maybe it's a little cheesy and I know people talk about it all the time, but this is something that I will just like keep talking about until the day I die because it's really been transformative for me. And Mm -hmm. like Mary-Kate was saying too, there's a lot of research and a lot of science too Mm -hmm. that just talks about the way our brains are wired Mm -hmm. and and for you know for me as a christian too like scripture talks about this a lot and jesus talked about it a lot the value of gratitude and when i'm feeling grumpy it's really really helpful for me to just pause and think about what's going well think about what i'm grateful for um I try to remind myself that there's I don't have to be grateful for everything, but mm-hmm. I can still be grateful in every moment. There's mm-hmm. always something somewhere to be grateful for, mm-hmm. and
3: so that's a big one that's for really me. Really good. Ours would be sleep, man. That's my solution
0: for everything. Just go to go to sleep. Yeah. You Sometimes you just need a good nap. Uh-huh. It's true. Yeah. I think my reset is uh, music, and I have a couple. Uh, I I am the kind of music listener that I usually listen to the same album on repeat for months or at least weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll find a new one that I fancy for a while and I really like that when I listen to the same thing again and again which is usually worship music usually um thought provoking lyrics it just becomes kind of a meditative sort of thing for me where mm-hmm. I can I feel like when I've listened to the songs that many times I do notice things that I didn't notice the first few times I listened to it mm-hmm. and so um, that's when I, I turn the music on and I usually start cleaning my house because a lot of our a lot of our chaos here is just physical stuff that needs to be put away and set in order again. and um, I feel like it's something that I can physically do as I'm trying to reclaim a sense of peace within myself. So those are my, my first stops. It's really good. Well, ladies, this is going to be a really wonderful series, and um, I can't wait to share more of the details with our listeners as we go on. We have some exciting things coming up. Um, and just, I don't know, we just really love to invite you into the conversation and join us over on our Facebook group. And I um, hope that uh, the things that we talk about during this series on the blog and on the podcast um, do help you cultivate a vision for what your home can look like um, as you pursue peace